0: Thank you so much for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations, and our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover
1: purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about Our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com.
0: I want to do some teaching this morning, Um, if I can. And how do you know the difference between teaching and preaching? Preaching's when you get up from the chair. Teaching's when you stay in it. That's the difference. Uh, I, I, I want to teach you a, probably a, uh, th- this can be life-altering for you if, you if you grab hold of this principle from God's word. We're still in our series, This Is Our Story, and I, I just want to give thanks to the Lord for, his, for David's story been, uh, being written in the Bible. David teaches us a lot. That Remember how he started as a young shepherd boy watching sheep all the way to his journey to actually becoming the second king of Israel. God's first choice. God's first choice to becoming the king of Israel. And because that story's written out for us, we get to read it along with and take out the principles out of it. And hopefully it teaches us how to walk out our life. So I want to teach you a biblical principle first, and then we're going to jump into the story uh, of David. I want to show you something about him that I, I really haven't ever noticed before until this week. And I went, whoa, it just kind of hit me. And then uh, at the end of the service, stay here with me as part of the message. I, we're going to bring some folks up here, and you're going to hear their testimony, and you're going to see it play out in real life. And so I want to show you something. First, I want to take you to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, reading verses 8 and 9. And remember, if it's in yellow, you read it with me. For my thoughts, this is God speaking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts so we learn from this passage of scripture that god has ways any of you married in the room let me see the married people if you're married how many wish to be married all single people raise their hand all single people check out other single people real quick (laughs) no back to the married people how many you know your wife men does your wife have her ways and you learn her ways, right? You know, I don't know what her ways are. Heidi has ways. She's got her ways. I know what they are. I go, baby, you?" (laughs) you just learn to live with her ways, right? You, you, you learn to adjust to the way I got ways. She's got, she can, if she gets the mic later, she can tell you I got some ways and she's going, oh, you know what, but I've just learned to make allowance for his ways. God has. And they're higher than. They're higher than your ways. Watch this. That's why I love this about reading the story of David. Plus we get to cross reference it with Psalm. The book of Psalms that he wrote many of. Songs. So you can almost take the song and plug it in to what he was going through during that season of his life. So watch one of the things that David would write. Teach me. Your. Here's David saying, I understand that God has ways and I want to understand the ways of God. Oh Lord, teach me your way. Oh Lord, that I may walk in your truth, untie my heart to fear your name. Are you still tracking with me? God has ways and they are higher than, they're higher than our ways. Let me translate that for you just for a moment. That means God is doing something and you don't always understand what he's doing because his ways are higher than your ways and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Even when you don't think he might be doing something, he can still be doing something because his ways are higher than your ways and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So watch this. Now look at Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Thus says the Lord... Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. I'll translate it, that he understands my ways. God has ways. And now, let me take you to this kingdom principle. So everybody tracking so far, God's got ways higher than my ways, thoughts higher than my thoughts. That means I may think one thing, but he's thinking something else. I've often thought, how many of you have ever thought, you know you knew what God was going to do? I just know what he's going to do. Well, can I just tell you, I've always said, I know what God's going to do. And he's never done what I thought he was going to do. He's always done something different. Even, I, I, I don't know, I'm gonna get to heaven and he'll let me know if this is true or not. I think sometimes I figured God out, and then because I figured it out, what he was going to do, he changed it so I could never figure him out. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but anyway. <laughs> first service thought it was funny. Look what Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, I understand, so, okay, no, Genesis 8, 22. watch this. Here's a principle. While the earth remains, Noah, book of Genesis, flood, the flood is dried up, God speaks. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Let me teach you one of the ways of God. Seed, time, and harvest will never cease. This principle, seed, time, harvest, will never cease. It's one of the ways of God. Seed, time, and harvest. Never cease. Let's try it one more time. Seed. Time and harvest will never cease so what does that mean that means God will give you a seed of something he'll give you a promise of something he'll give you a promise he'll he'll plant a seed he'll show you something and give you the seed and in order for there to be a harvest it's going to take some Oh, uh, now you're checking with me are you checking with me yeah yeah see see that's not how we want it to work is it No, we want God to give us a promise and then we want the tracking number. Where's it at? It's supposed to be here. I, I'm going. I'm going to place my order. God's going to answer my prayer. He's going to let you know. No, no, I'm going to answer that prayer. I'm, I'm going to. Don't 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 worry about that wayward child. I promise you, he's going to return back to the Lord. You get the seed of it, but before you see the harvest of it, guess what's in the middle? Time. Now, I want to talk to you about the time. Because that's, that's where we get messed up. It's in the middle that we get messed up waiting for the promise of God to be fulfilled. Seed, time, and harvest. It's one of the ways of God. Thank you, David. Thank you, for, thank you God, for pinning out David's story for us in the scripture so that we can watch this very principle play out. Seed, time, and harvest. All right? So if you got your Bibles, or let me, I'll take it to the screen for you. I'm gonna go, and I never saw this before. We, we, know, we know David's going to be anointed king, and I'll talk about it in a moment, with Samuel when he's just a teenager. He's just a kid. He's, he's gonna be anointed. And then we know that there's the final anointing before the fulfillment. So we got the seed at the beginning And we know where the end is, where David's going to become king, and then there's time in the middle. There's actually three different anointings found in scripture with David. Let me take you to the first one and remind you, David was a teenager, somewhere between 13, maybe up to 15, Uh, 13 to 15 is the estimated age, Samuel is going to come to the house of Jesse to anoint a brand new king for Israel. The reason why he's coming is because the first king of Israel, Saul, has lo- fallen off the wagon. He, he went from, I'll, I'll always do what's right before God, to now he's actually seeking the advice of, of witch doctors and the occult to try to find out how he should lead Israel. And God is ready to raise up a new king. And he sends the prophet Samuel to the house of Jesse, who has eight sons. And he said, the son is one of those. I'll show you which one it is. Jesse walks on the scene. He goes to the first one, the second one, the third one, the fourth, sixth, the seventh, and says, it's none of these. And he asked Jesse, do you have any more sons? And he said, I do. I have one son, but he's out watching the sheep. Where is he? He's watching the sheep. I don't know. Maybe Jesse didn't think enough of David. Maybe Jesse didn't see it in his son. But David's out watching sheep. What's he doing watching sheep? We know from later in scripture that the scripture says that he killed a bear and a lion who tried to take one of the flock of sheep. That, that's, that's, a, that's a man right there. Thirteen fifteen. That's man size. (laughs) Killing a bear and a lion. Any any of you here killed a bear or a lion? I'm 57 years old. If a bear shows up, I'm running. (laughs) Hey, if I'm watching the sheep, and they're not even his sheep. I want you to see God's already picking out a young man that he sees the character of Christ in, that he's being faithful with what belongs to somebody else that doesn't even belong to him. Listen, some of, if you want God to elevate you, how many of you do? You want God to promote you, how many of you do? Then your faithfulness will be found in what's been given to you to steward that doesn't even belong to you. If you'll tend to something that doesn't belong to you like it does belong to you, God will give you your very own. That's free, by the way. And so he's, he's writing music. He's playing songs. He's worshiping. God sends him, anoints him. In fact, let's read it and he sent and brought David in. Now he was ruddy, and he had beautiful eyes, and he was handsome. Does that remind you of anybody you know? (laughs) And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and appointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. And from that day forward, and Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So he gets the anointing before he ever gets the appointing. You got to get the seed first. Then there's the ways of God, which is time before you get the harvest. You get the anointing, then comes time before you get the appointing. You get the oil before you get the crown. You get the promise before you get the fulfillment. You get the seed before you ever get the harvest. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever received a promise from God? Let me see your hand. How many of you are standing and waiting on a promise right now? Okay, the rest of you need to pray more. Where you go, what kind of promise? You may be praying for a child that's wayward. You may be praying for a child. You, you, you may be praying for a change in your career and you feel like God showed you something, but yet what He showed you and where you're, you're going, I'm not on that track yet. I'm still waiting on something to happen. You may be waiting for a husband or waiting for anybody waiting for a husband. How many waiting for a wife? I need to get you two together right there after church. (laughs) It is the fulfillment of the promise. Watch this. So, So David gets the anointing, he gets the seed, he gets the promise, and then we know what happens over the next 15 years. The next 15 years, he's basically spending the rest of his life running from Saul who's trying to kill him. He finds himself a vagabond. Uh, he's, he's going from one cave to another, one city to another. He even joins ranks with the Philistines, their arch enemies, for a season. For he's running from Saul. He's learning how to survive. He's learning how to make it. He, he's he's getting stronger. God sends him four hundred men to join him. You go, that's great. No, here was the men, the depressed the disconcerted, the discouraged, and the debtors. What a motley crew. That's who God sent us at the beginning of this church. <laughs> As a joke, by the way. And, and so he, he sent, and he's learning how to lead. He's, he's learning how to, how to survive tough times and, and go through it. Did you know that when a seed goes into the ground, I don't know if y'all, any of y'all ever plant anything I'm a big-time farmer myself. No, I've never planted anything. All I do is carry the stuff over. Heidi plants. She does all that. I just carry the stuff. I'm just her beast of burden. (laughs) There's other words for that. (laughs) No, no. Seed goes into ground first, right? Nobody plants a seed of something. I'm going to plant a seed. You don't plant a seed and then cover it up and water it and wait. Because you know what's going to take? Time. Seed, time, harvest. Seed, time. What happens? Well, what happens is that the ground begins to put pressure on the seed. The seed begins to dry, it begins to crack. In fact, the seed dies. And when it cracks open, then the roots are able to escape and begin to go down deep. And then once the roots get enough root system in them and you water them, then finally one day you see the, the shoot. You see it come out and you go, oh, one day I have some hope that one day I will actually see the very harvest that I was promised when I planted the seed. David's gonna have that same opportunity. This is what I never saw in scripture. I've read over it, but I never picked it up that the seed has to die first before, and then the roots grow deep before you see anything come on the surface. Yeah. And David's gonna get a chance to see something pop up from the surface. He's going to find in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse one through four, after David had inquired of the Lord, he asked him, shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? He's asking God, where do I go? God's leading him. And the Lord said to him, go up. Now, Lord, I asked, should I go to any of the cities of Judah? Yeah, go up. To which shall I go up? And he said, go to Hebron. So David went up there and his two wives also, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Car- Carmel. And David brought up with his, his men who were with him. Everyone in his household and they lived in the towns of Hebron and the men of Judah came and the men of Judah came and they anointed David king over the house of Judah. Everybody say Judah. Yeah, here's what you have to remember about Israel. Israel is 12 tribes. Judah is one of the 12 tribes. When Moses brought Israel into the promised land, today's Israel, they divided the land between the 12 tribes. Judah got their portion of land. David is from the tribe of Judah. David goes back home to his kinsmen, his people, his them. They received him. And they anointed him as king over one of the tribes, Judah. Stay with me. It's one thing when God anoints you, Samuel. That was the anointing from God. That means God chose him. Now, once the seed cracks and the shoot comes up is when people around him that are close to him begin to recognize the anointing that's on his life as well. They are saying, you are anointed from the Lord. So if God gives you a promise, don't be, don't, don't be surprised if somewhere in the middle, he'll bring people alongside you that will recognize the same promise that is on your life. I, I, I used Kevin, I used you this morning. I hope that's okay. I didn't ask Kevin. Y'all know, y'all know Kevin, Lalan, Kevin and Chrissy? They're sitting right up there. Kevin, can you wave at everybody? Stand up, Kevin. Just stand up real quick. Yeah. Oh, don't, he loves this. He loves standing up. <laughs> See, that's the real Kevin. The other was the fake humility, Kevin. Oh, doesn't that me? Chrissy, not so much. Chrissy, we're gonna pretend you're not even there. <laughs> Good. In, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a short period of time from now, I'm going to, Heidi and I and, are going to bring Kevin and Christy up on this stage. And I'm going to anoint them. And they're going to come up as Kevin and Christy. And we're going to anoint them and lay hands on them. And when they exit this stage, he won't be Kevin anymore. He'll be Pastor Kevin. He'll be Pastor Kevin. That's just us recognize because I'm not anointing him. God has already anointed him a long time ago. People walk in. Kevin would tell you this, when he first joined this team and staff, I've always known Kevin was going to be a pastor on this church for, forever. Uh, he's just, it's just, it's taken a long I've had to whoop his tail so many times. <laughs> Chrissy's been ready for 10 years, but Kevin seed. And, and Kevin will tell you, Man, Pastor, was, everywhere I go, people go, okay, so you're the pastor of the church. They think he's the pastor of this church. <laughs> people in the community go, oh, there's Pastor Kevin. They all call. What is that? Yeah. It's the anointing now, David's getting those around are going, we anoint you as king. They're recognized the very anointing that was on him a long time ago from watching somebody else's sheep chasing bears and lions and killing giants. Yeah. The anointing, the seed. Then there's time before the harvest. And then, of course, we get down to, to the second to Samuel chapter five. Watch this. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron. All the tribes Now everybody coming, everybody's coming and said, behold, we are your bone and your flesh. In times past, when Saul was king over us, it was you who led and brought in Israel. And the Lord said to you, look, they're repeating the promise of the Lord over David's life. You shall be shepherd of my people Israel and you shall be prince over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord and they they appointed the anointing to be king over Israel wasn't at the end it was at the beginning It was a seed, then there was time, and now there is harvest. Every one of us, if we were honest, are waiting for some promise, some seed, to bear harvest, if we were honest. Let me teach you something, what to do in the time. Victor, I'm going to be fast on these six, so if you want to help me. I just, <laughs> watch this. Let me tell you what to do when you're waiting. Uh, let me get practical with you this morning. I want it to be real to you because some of you have been waiting on a new career. Some of you have been waiting on a spouse. Some of you have been waiting for a child. Some of you have been waiting for your mama to turn to Christ. We've all been waiting for something. How many of y'all have been waiting for something? You're, I've been waiting what do you do in the wait? Well, you don't do nothing. No, that's not true. You, you, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna teach you how to wait well. Are you ready? Number one, wait without complaining. I knew that hit a chord in the first. We got the most complaining church in history. Wait without complaining. Let me tell you what complaining does. Children complain. It is a sign of immaturity when we complain. Let me tell you what else it's saying to God. When I complain that God is not moving fast enough, he has not answered my prayers, and if he would let me take control of it, I could do it better than him. That's what complaining says. When you wait, don't complain. Complaining may only lengthen the time. Uh, Some of you will get the revelation of that today and things may start popping up out of the ground. Don't, Don't complain. You put your trust, which is number two, wait with faith and expectation. He has never failed on any promise, ever. Never, never. Sometimes the length of time really depends on what's going on in our heart, not the circumstances that are around us. So you have to wait, you gotta go, no, I'm gonna be in faith. I know that God is going to answer. Look what Hebrews 11 and one says about faith. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So what would happen today if God came and gave you the assurance that that child that is so far from God is going to turn around and give their life to Jesus? What would you do? Mama? No, so that's, why don't we worship him as if it's already done instead of waiting for it to happen? we we'll go ahead, because that's the assurance. I have the assurance from God that my son, my daughter shall declare the works of the Lord. They're gonna serve God. I'm declaring, I believe it, I'm standing in it in assurance and in faith. So stand in assurance and in faith. It's saying having confidence and hope in the promised word of God as revealed to you because God is too faithful and will never go back on any of his promises because he's not a man that he should lie. Number three, keep producing good works while you wait. Work while you wait. We don't wait on God passively, we wait on him proactively. By pleasing Him, seeking His will, obeying His commands, never allow a season of pain or pain to prevent you from producing good works. So we keep serving others, even if you're waiting on on the back of on the back of our legacy cards. And I won't I won't I won't actually read this. I just read it. I lied. Okay. Oh, this is cool. I won't, I won't even tell you. I won't tell you because this is private. But. It says a wife. But on the front, there's a gift. Still doing good works while he's waiting on the promise. Thank you. I I, I got the name down, but I won't say it out loud because I'm sure it's private. But still waiting on the promise But while I'm waiting, I'm gonna keep doing good works while I'm waiting. Number four, let me give you this one. Don't waste the wait, that's what really three is. Don't waste it. Number four, participate in what you're waiting on God to do. Participate on what you're waiting on God to do. For example, if you're waiting on God for a job, keep sending out resumes. If he's called to, uh, I tell our worship team all the time, "Write write songs, write songs, write songs. And, and and they go yeah, but what what if we what if we write something that's bad? You're going to write some bad songs. You're going to write songs that none of us are ever going to sing because it's bad. But that's part of the that's part of the practice of writing the songs, so that one day when something does produce, are you checking with me, Vic? When something does pop up and we go, whoa, that's from heaven. Participating and waiting on God. Keep writing. Create things. You don't have you can't have a baby. You you haven't been able to conceive yet. Keep practicing. (laughs) Yeah, you don't wait. We're just waiting on the Lord. No, no, practice. (laughs) Just keep practicing. Uh, All the men said. But watch number five. Watch five. Don't take matters into your own hands. Don't, don't, go, don't go shortcutting. Don't go shortcut. Don't go, I can make it happen. I can. David, thank you, David. Thank you for when Saul was after to kill him and he walks in to relieve himself in a cave in Engedi. I don't know what they wore. I don't know if they picked it up. I don't know if he picked it up. And, and David had him in his rights with the sword in his hand. And his men were saying, take him out. The Lord has delivered your enemies into your hands. The problem was, that wasn't his enemy. And David, remember what David does? He just cuts off a little piece of his garment. And then he holds it up later when they, Saul never even knew he was there. Walks out. Saul gets back on his mount. And David stands at the top of the cave looking in the valley going, hey Saul, what opportunity David knew if I take matters into my own hands to get the appointment, then the matter will always be in my hands to keep the appointment. But if God puts me in that place, then only God can remove me. I'll never have to fear any man. Are you you with me? So watch this. Don't take it into your own hands and then wait. And number six, draw closer to God while you're waiting. Don't don't do the opposite because the opposite is what you want to do. Instead of going, no, I'm gonna draw. Watch what David would write. Now this makes sense, doesn't it? When he would write, wait for the Lord. Be strong and courageous. Wait for the Lord. Wait, I got a word for you. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and courageous. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Let Him do it. Let Him bring it to pass. Wait for the Lord. Let me say it a different way. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Lord. I love this. Moses. It's in Abraham. Remember Abraham? You're going to receive a son. He'll be the promise. Then they had to wait. Remember what they did? shortcut? Sarah, baby, I'm not going to be able to have a baby. I'm an old woman. Why don't you take my maidservant, Hagar? Why don't you and her, you know and then then that'll be our baby. Abraham's like, okay? You, you remember that? Was trying to shortcut. And it, 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 we're still in modern day Israel because Isaac would later come through Sarah. Now they're still, we're still seeing the dispute of half brothers called Jews and Arabs. Still, still reaping the consequences of disobedience. Not willing to wait. Listen to me, girl. I know you're waiting for a husband. You're waiting, but don't drop all your standards down. Don't drop everything down and just go, well, he's the only one that's interested. He must be the one. No, no, no. You keep them up there. That's how you tell the difference between pretenders and contenders. Uh, No, Heidi and I both have stood stood like, no, I just think it's God. He doesn't have a job. (laughs) Watch what Moses said. Remember Moses, got a promise, I'm gonna be a deliverer. Then there was time. He spends 40 years on the backside of a desert. And then he comes and he's leading Israel out of Egypt. And remember God's like, man, here's what he told God. This is what Moses told God. God, I'm not leading them unless you promise to go with me. I'm not taking them to the promise the harvest, the promised land, until you promise me that you'll always be with me. What did he recognize? That God was more, being being with God was more important than receiving some promise from God. What's God doing in the time? He's trying to draw you closer to him in the waiting. Don't back off. Press in. God, I'm going to trust you. You'll bring it when I'm ready. Oh, by the way, the revelation, I think God's always, always, I think God most of the time is, we're not really waiting on God most of the time. I think he's really waiting on us. He, he, he's waiting on us for those roots to go deeper, so that the revelation of what he's trying to show us and teach us. Because there's always a purpose in the wait. There's a revelation in the wait that he's trying to open our eyes to about him. So when you pray, you don't even need to pray about the promise because it's already a he's. Already, it's already done. You can trust that it's going to be done. What you need to pray is, God, what is it you're trying to do in me? Because if you get the revelation, don't be surprised if God changes the season and gives you the promise. He's been waiting on us. Do you receive this word today? Do you receive this word today? His ways are higher than our ways so we can trust him. Uh, Today, Heidi and I are so privileged, I wanted to give you just a live testimony of someone who's walked that out and lived that out. We want to tell their story, and we're going to be dedicating a little baby today. And we normally don't do that on the Sunday service, but this one was just one of those. I went, I want them on a Sunday because I'm going to tell their story because I know it's going to encourage you. And so would you please welcome the family to the stage? Uh, The the Babineau family, and uh, Mr. Lavar, Daddy, Mama Mahogany, and little baby Eli and their family. Would you give this family a big round of applause as they come? I want you to see, can y'all put that picture of this little baby Eli up here?
1: Come on. Baby, you want me to start this story? You can start it, but let me jump in when I need to. Okay, so I've got a mic. Lavar and Elon, would y'all just stand right? Uh, Lavar, mahogany. Stand I normally right don't here. have a mic for baby dedications, but this one I do. Uh, yeah.
0: I, I'm just gonna give the backup story. Okay, we yeah. we met. I think mahogany. Maybe you came on a Sunday night when we were at WCA. I did. We come. did Lavar and didn't come. Oh, Delta Grand. Delta Grand. Okay, so uh, we met. Really, really got to know Lavar Mahogany. Uh, they came to the Delta Grand soon after we opened up at the Delta Grand. They were friends with Sam and Kim, George, uh, and uh, brought uh, brought Lavar Mahogany to us and uh, got to know Lavar a little bit. And and I, I got permission to tell this part of the story. Were we in my car, Lavar? Was that, we were in my expedition? We were driving down the road in my expedition, and I started doing my Pastor U thing. So, bro, how long y'all been married? Well, Pastor, you, we ain't really married yet. I said, Well, are y'all living together? Oh, yeah. I said, I call that playing house. <laughs> well, yes, sir. And, I, and, I, and I, I just started doing my Pastor You thing. I said, Bro, you gotta get that right, man. You gotta get that right before God. And I think y'all have had a wedding planned or something like in a year. And I said, So one year. And I said, So you gonna keep your hands off of her for one year? You going to move out? You need to move out. Oh, I ain't moving out. You going to keep your hands off her for one year? You ain't man enough to keep your hands off of her for one year. She's too pretty to keep your hands off of her. Because goes, what do we need to do, Pastor? You need to get right. You need to get married. What about the wedding? It doesn't mean nothing about the wedding. I'll meet with y'all. Let's get married. Let's get it right. I want to get it right before God. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to be a man of God. I want to do it Right. I want God to be pleased. I want God to bless our marriage. I wanted to bless her. Then let's get that right with God. We'll do that privately. The anointing. And then we'll do the public later. And I'll stand up there and smile like it's the first time we've ever done this. <laughs> I can do that and I was so proud of LeVar and, and Mahogany's like that's what God wants us to do that's what we need to do and so LeVar they were our first wedding we ever did at the Delta Grand privately mm-hmm. y'all remember? It was, it was a little private ceremony everybody left after church and then they stayed behind we said y'all get up here do you? I do and that's how our relationship really began with LeVar
1: and Mahogany. Baby, you want to pick up right here? Yeah, after, after they were married and they desired what, what most married couples wanted, they wanted to start a family. And so they began trying to get pregnant, and have a family, and, and it, it never happened. And we went through one year and then two years, and somewhere along the journey, Lavar's job... He got transferred to another job in Lake Charles. And so though they made the move in Lake Charles, we always stayed connected with them and and they would come back for special events here and Bible studies with mahogany, she would come back. So we stayed in connection with them though they were uh, living in Lake Charles. And this this was a few years into their journey of still trying to have a baby and praying and standing and believing with them And I I went to a church in Lake Charles to speak at a women's event and mahogany knew I was coming. So mahogany came to that service as well. And I normally don't remember things. I don't remember where I, what I speak where, but this particular time, I'll I'll never forget it. And I spoke on the book of Daniel when the three Hebrew young men, the King Nebuchadnezzar told them that if, that if they didn't bow to his God, a false God, they they were going to be thrown into the fiery furnace And the three Hebrew young men looked at King Nebuchadnezzar and said that our God shall save us. if We will never bow and our God will save us. And then they had said this phrase, but even if he doesn't, Mm -hmm. we will still stand and serve our God. We'll Mm -hmm. never bow to a false God and a false idol. And I, I spoke that message. And at the end of the message, I had the women that were there to stand if, you know, for whatever they were believing for and surrendering that part saying, God, even if you don't, I'm going to still serve and and love and surrender and walk with you. And I'll never forget it. Mahogany and I had a conversation on the phone last night and I said, Mahogany, that picture of you in the audience that night, because I knew what Mahogany was believing for. The rest of the audience didn't. But I remember, it's etched in my memory forever that I I looked out as I was praying over the women and mahogany was standing over to my right with hands lifted in the air and tears pouring down her face. And I knew mahogany was saying in her heart, God, even if you don't answer this prayer, Even if you don't give us a baby, God, I'm still going to love you and I'm still going to serve you and we're still going to walk with you. And at that moment, as I was praying for the, the, the congregation of women that were there in my heart, I just said, God, would you please, would you please give them a child? God, would you please give it to them? And it never, it didn't happen. And another year passed and it never happened. And another year, Mahogany would tell the story that even going through infertility treatments that one, one, one uh, morning she took another pregnancy test and it was negative on the very day that she was to host a baby shower for one of her family members. And she said, I could have laid in that bed and pulled the covers over my head and, 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 and didn't go through with the baby shower. But I got up and I washed my face and I pulled myself together and I hosted the baby shower. Mm -hmm. And what mahogany, I've seen firsthand Mm -hmm. as her family and friends have that through this journey of them believing for a baby, that mahogany Hosted baby showers, showed up for baby showers, went to birthday parties, celebrated with those who have received the very thing they were praying for. Mm -hmm. And year year after year after year after year after year passed. And then last year, a little over a year ago, we were having women's Bible study. And after one of our women's Bible studies, Mahogany had come over for Bible study. And she met me out in the foyer and we were talking about i'm so glad to see you i'm so miss Heidi i'm so glad to see you god is so good yes he's he's faithful yes miss Heidi i just want to show you something and she pulled out a picture of an ultrasound and showed me the picture of that ultrasound and i'm so weepy today because this is a big big special day and and if you were at Bible study that night, we started screaming and yelling. Everybody thought something horrible had happened. And everybody's screaming and everybody's running and everybody's crying. Because this promise that they now hold was 10 years in the making, it was a decade. It was a decade of their life. And we still don't know why the work that God was doing in all of us, and certainly Mahogany and LeVar, but he knew at this exact time when he would get the most honor yeah. and the most glory right. and the most praise. That's right. He decided to send Mahogany and LeVar. And Mahogany said last night on the phone, Miss Honey, he's your baby too. I said, Oh, oh don't you think I don't know that? <laughs> If I'm pulling a wheelie out of this parking lot in my Suburban with him in my back seat, just remember that. <laughs> and little Eli Mack mm. that God brought to them 10 years in the making. It has been an absolute joy and what a testimony yes. to the goodness and the faithfulness of a great God. Mm that we're able to do this dedication. Eugene, tell them about the part, tell them about, about the part bringing them to the building. I forgot that part, that, that was awesome. There was, there,
0: was one, there was one night and I don't remember how, what was the catalyst of it, but Labar and Mahogany were really, really down, right? Cause there's the down days too. They were really, really down. And it was right before we were gonna open the facility and we went, grabbed a bite to eat with them. And then I said, come on over here. And we knew they were discouraged. and. We had to, to get in. We could get into the building. It was right before y'all got to see it. And we walked them through every room. And, of course, LaVar Mahogany rejoicing with us. He was going, oh, we see y'all are the promises of God. And then we, we laid hands on them. No, we brought you here to show you this was a 10-year journey to get to here. And that God is going to give y'all a baby. Don't give up. The promises of God are yes and amen. They will come to pass and be fulfilled. We're only walking you through this building so you could see the reality of a promise from God. God has given y'all a promise. Let's stand together. We prayed again together, like we did many times, that God would give them the desire of their heart, a child. And so today, I want to say thank y'all, LaVar. Thank you, Mahogany. That's your message. It is your message. I preached your message. So y'all lived it, you walked it. I know there were bad days, there were good days, all of that, but you, you stayed true. You worked, you worked during the wait. Y'all rejoiced with others while they were rejoicing. You didn't stand still. You kept believing, kept serving, kept helping, kept praising, keep rejoicing. And now we're today, we're holding the little one the star of the show, Eli. Let me say this to you, and I, and I want to say this to all of you, because this may apply to you too. Usually, the longer the wait, <clears throat> usually means the greater the purpose, is what it means. The more you have to fight for something, usually because there's, there's a great purpose for little Eli. And uh, so, what a what a beauty, what a what a privilege and honor it is to dedicate little Eli to the Lord. And so, thank y'all, church, for letting us do this with this family to celebrate. Can we y'all just give God all the praise right now? Thank you, God. So we want to pray. And and uh, Hannah in the Bible couldn't have a baby. And it was when she prayed, Lord, if you'll give me a child, I'll dedicate him to you all the days of his life. That's why we're here to dedicate Eli all the days of his life, to dedicate him to the Lord, which means he doesn't belong to y'all, he belongs to God. And you're gonna steward him on behalf of God. So, you know, that's my baby. No, it ain't your baby. That's God's baby. It's God's baby, and you're steward. And he's letting, he's got him on loan to you, from the Lord. And here's what Hannah wanted a baby, but God wanted a prophet, and that's what Samuel was to become. And now we're telling Samuel's story. You know, anointing. He, he wanted a prophet. Little Samuel would be the one who would lay hands on a David. And so, God has a purpose for this baby. And our job as moms and dads to teach them the ways of the Lord so that he'll grow up and want to fulfill that purpose. So moms and dads, grandparents, grandparents, Mac Daddy and Mary, uh, they're going to need y'all's support. Brothers, uncles, aunties, God, mamas, God, what Am I like God pastor? Yeah, I'm, I'm the God pastor. Uh, I want to be God something. <laughs> uh, they're going to need y'all's support. They're going to need your help. It's going to, take, going to take all of us. I'm sure he's going to be a handful. He's going to have his handful of years. Uh, when he gets real bad, send him over to Pastor Yu and Heidi. We'll straighten him out. <clears throat> but what an honor to dedicate this little one and for the purposes of God. Uh, Eli won't remember this moment, but y'all will. And this is for you to remember he's on loan. We're going to raise him up to fulfill the purposes of God. So would you stretch your hands for little Eli? Father, we dedicate this boy, this gift from heaven. He was worth the wait. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Your promises are yes and amen. We hold a promise in our very hands right now that you will deliver. So we pray over his feet, may a hedge of thorns be around him to keep him from evil. May he never have to taste what's evil to know what's good. For the word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Over these little knees, Father, I pray God at an early age that he would bow his knees and surrender to you. That his heart, Father, I pray over his little heart that it would always continue to increase, to give you more and more room. That, Father, he'll always have a place for you in his heart. We pray over his little mind. Father, we just pray over him. Father, that you would keep the fiery darts of the enemy away from his mind. May he think what's pure, lovely, what is noble, what is true. And, Father, over these hands... God, we ask that you would use these little hands, the Father, that the work that you're going to call him to do, Father, that he'll surrender to it, and that you would make him skillful and useful for the purposes of God and the kingdom. So, Father, we see this as a gift from heaven coming to LaVar and Mahogany the steward on your behalf. And so, Father, we do. We dedicate him from this day forward and all the days of his life to the purposes and to bring glory and honor To God, And so, Father, would you use him? Would you take his life? Father, would you give Levar and Mahogany wisdom on how to raise him well, to teach him the ways of God, that he would grow up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, that he may know you? And God, I ask that you would even use him, Father, like a Samuel, a prophet of the Lord, even at a young age, that he would sense the difference between right and wrong. And God, that he would know, he would speak truth and say, Mama, that shouldn't be that way. Father, Daddy, that shouldn't happen like that. That's not right. That he'll know the difference between right and wrong. And Lord, I pray that you give him great boldness that he'll be a young man of courage. Father, even at an early age, they'll be amazed at the courage. He'll be afraid of nothing. Father, the only thing he'll fear is God himself, that he'll be afraid of nothing. So Father, I thank you for him. I thank you, God. Even, even the forehead father, even his forehead, father, would it be strong? May it be strong for you. So father, we bless this little one. We, we dedicate him to you in the days of the Lord. We bless him in the name of the father, the son, Jesus, and the all abiding Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. You see that? Do you receive that? Yeah, he received it. He received it. Would you give this family a big round of applause? We so appreciate them. Congratulations, Joseph. Blessings, a oh, blessing. You. you look beautiful. Thank you, thank you. Joseph, oh, thank you. Mac Daddy, we having ribs today? You owe me ribs. I told you I'd dedicate that baby if you made me ribs. Would you bow your heads with me? I want you to. I know there's people in here standing for a promise. You're waiting on it. You're standing. You're believing. Let's just thank Him. Thank you for answering, Lord. When's it coming? When it comes. Trust the Lord with the timing, it will be perfect. Uh, We could have given the mic to LeVar and Mahogany. We probably should have. And they would have told you it's worth the wait. He came when he needed to come. The promise came when it needed to come. Trust in the Lord. Just tell him, Lord, I trust you. Would you tell him, Lord, I trust you. So Father, I do, I pray whatever promise here, I prayed, Lord, that we would be found, we would be found, righteous in our waiting thank you for your word to teach us how to wait thank you for a David to show us a a Moses who showed us thank you for an Abraham who showed us what not to do but yet you still gave the promise thank you for a Levar and a Mahogany who showed us a story of redemption redeeming and waiting we hear your word today just receive it just tell him i receive it lord god's speaking to you say i receive it so we thank you today father i pray for encouragement courage strength perseverance patience fruits of your spirit to be revealed as we wait on the promises of the lord we trust you. You do all things well, and your timing is perfect. Your ways are higher than our ways, and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Thank you for the assurance that you give us right now in the name of Jesus that the promise will be fulfilled. So thank you, Lord, and we open up our hearts. Lord, if we're causing the delay, would you speak to us? If we're causing the delay, would you show us areas that we need to stretch and grow? Because we want the revelation, God. We want the revelation of what you're trying to do in us so that we can have change of season. We receive your word today. With every head bowed and eye closed, you might be here far from God. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He wants to know you. Maybe today you walked in with your head down. You could leave with your head up. Jesus said, you can't see this kingdom or enter this kingdom until you've been born again. You must be born again. Maybe today you're ready to surrender your life to God, to be born again, to repent of your sins, to be born again. He's here today to forgive you. He loves you. All you have to do is A, admit that you're a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This is a room of all pro-sinners. All of us, including myself, I needed the forgiveness of God. And he's here today to forgive you. If you repent, be believed that Jesus came and died for your sins to pay the price for all of our sins. And then C, confess him as the Lord. That just means to make him the boss. If you're here today ready to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, Christians pray, if you're ready to receive Christ, he's here today. He'll forgive you. If you'll repent, if you're ready to repent today, all you got to do is pray this prayer with me. This prayer, this prayer doesn't save you. It's a cry of your heart that saves you. But I'll lead you in a prayer like this, and if you'll mean it with your heart, He'll forgive you. Would you say, dear Lord Jesus, please forgive me? I am a sinner, and I need your forgiveness. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross to pay for my sin, please forgive me. Come into my heart, Jesus, and be the Lord of my life. I'm sorry, I repent of my sin. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise?